He's got a beautiful backswing. Dad! Oh, he got all of that one. Oh my gosh. That is amazing. Lay up with an iron into the hazard. Well, that wasn't quite what I meant, you know. What's up, everybody? Welcome into another edition of the 73rd hole. Colby Powell, Taylor Williams, and Sam Humphreys with you on a Monday. We are the official podcast of Golf Oklahoma. Head over to GolfOklahoma.org. Check out everything they have to offer. This is a great time to make sure you're subscribed to Golf Oklahoma. It is the month of May, which, of course, is the biggest month uh, in the calendar year for golf in the state of Oklahoma. Head over to GolfOklahoma.org. State championship updates, uh, all colleges, all levels, uh, senior PGA championship coming up at Southern Hills, all covered Golf Oklahoma. Or you can subscribe to the newsletter and listen to the podcast right there on the website. We are here at Lincoln Park West today in Oklahoma City. This is where we're doing our show. We will be playing this afternoon in the First Tee Scramble. We're going to have the executive director of the First Tee join us here in just a little bit. That is Debbie Martin, and we're looking forward to having her on to talk about what the First Tee is doing here in Oklahoma City. But, gentlemen, the lead story of the day, Rory McIlroy, for the first time in one year, six months and six days, hoists a trophy on on Mother's Day, he goes over, he kisses the baby. First time as a father that Rory McIlroy is a champion. It was an absolutely beautiful day for the game of golf. It's good to have Rory back. We needed it. It's been a long time coming. Boy, yeah. I mean, you, you talk about where do we start in golf today? I mean, we're out here. Sun's finally starting to come out. Lincoln Park, we're going to go out and enjoy some great golf this afternoon. We had the Walker Cup. We had two friends of the show down there end up playing some pretty good golf. Brought home the trophy for uh, the red, white, and blue. And, uh, you know, getting back to the PJ Tour event, guys, I mean, Whenever I was watching it, I I thought it was a little bit premature. I mean, the announcers were giving Rory the trophy on seven after he hit his uh, tee shot on seventeen to twenty feet, and I'm thinking, guys, he's going through a swing change here. Eighteen is not an easy hole. I mean, what are we doing here? And pulls out a three wood and or a fairway wood, I believe it's three wood, and guys, he hooks it 35, 40 yards. I mean, he hooks it left of the creek, and then it bounces in. Then we have a, a ten not minute- quite in. It was inside the hazard, not yep. inside the water. So, yes, so and there was a confusion in that on whenever they're showing the camera. So it wasn't a layup with an iron into the hazard, but he did pull out the three wood for accuracy and snap hooked it. Correct. I mean, and you can't pull out the accuracy club and then snap hook <laughs> it. No, it was he almost got lucky to where like, he was left of the creek, and he basically goes through a. a 10, 15-minute process with his caddy. He has three options. He can play it left up by the grandstands um, where he's going to be in some rough on a side hill lie. He can try to hit it back into the fairway or he's going to have to hit over the creek, off a down slope. He's on some rocks and some rough. The why was why he didn't go back towards the fairway, though, because there was a giant clump of grass behind his ball. He was, I think he was scared that he wasn't going to hit ball and it was just going to trundle into the creek. And, and that and, brings triple into play. And, and, and really, like, and grab the hosel and close the club face. But I really appreciate you guys for uh, giving me credit on my pick this week. I, I picked Rory McIlroy at the did beginning you? of the week. That's a good point. Did you? Show, show us the betting receipt where you bet on him. <laughs> <laughs> I, I did not bet on him, but I did pick him this week. But you it was, it was an interesting week this week for Rory because – uh, it was actually his putting uh, that led him to victory this week. In round one, he actually lost strokes on the field. Uh, he lost strokes around the green, approach, and tee to green, and barely was positive off the tee. And then uh, in round two, uh, you know, he, he putted. His putting was solid, but his approach his approach stats were really well, really good. Uh, but then if we look at round three and round four. His putting stats were literally some of the best putting stats I've seen all year in a single round. 
gaining three shots on the field, just putting. Uh, and then round four, he gained almost a shot and a half uh, on the field putting. And so it's kind of interesting that this might be a new Rory McIlroy. He's hitting fades. We've never seen that before, except for 18. <laughs> and yeah. then, but especially with the driver, he's driving it better than anyone on the planet still, but he's doing it in a different way than he used to. And the putter is what is leading him to victory now. And so I thought that was really interesting. Well, you know, and it's, it's kind of funny, too, that he got a little bit of slack for this. Brad Faxon probably about a week ago now put out a top 10 list of his best putters of all time. And Rory ended up making the number 10 spot. This is of all time, guys. Brad Faxon said Rory was a top 10 putter of all time. I saw, I saw that. that. And, and, yep. and I'm sitting here and I'm like, I mean, I know you've given him some help, but, I mean, you know, you're trying to pick him up. What, what's the deal here? And it's the truth. I mean, we, we go back and look at the stats. 1.74 on the week. Um, I think the only person – there was two people above him. One of them, Bryson DeChambeau, who decided to putt from Dallas or wherever he was, 1.75. <laughs> and then leader in strokes game putting, local boy Hunter Mahan, 1.82. Really? Yep. So there was only two people in the field who bested Rory in putting this week. One of them is a guy who hits at 380 off the tee. So we need to dial it back. But nevertheless, um, you know, getting back to, to the final group in particularly, I thought – I thought Keith Mitchell had a really good chance to win this tournament, and he just did not take advantage of it. He had some – I know in number eight, he was right in front of the green, had a horrible chip shot, um, wasn't able to get up and down on 14, had a really bad shot there. Second shot into 15, the par five was bad, ended up having hit like a 40-yard flop shot over a bunker. Really tough to get that up and down. And then bogeyed 17, made a – what was for me in the one and done was a really clutch putt on 18 to um, make sure Hovland had tied third money as opposed to solo third money. No, it wasn't necessarily good for the local guys. Answer was able to end up getting – Solo second because of uh, Keith's bogey on 17, but I think Keith, I think Keith Mitchell, who he just had a lot of chances to win this tournament. He lost 1.52 strokes on the fourth round around the green, lost 0.7 on the week. So looking back on it, a guy who ends up losing the tournament by two shots, I think is going to have you know might, he might go be on the chipping green today. You know yep. that's kind of what I'm saying. Well, and I got to give you credit, T Dub, because you put Keith Mitchell. Was it in your DraftKings or no, one and done? He was my cheapest option. While well, my most expensive, John Rom misses the cut. John yeah. Rom, by the John way, Rahm killed and, me in draft. We can talk. We could talk for thirty minutes about our draft kings he, this week. I'd love to. He, uh, <laughs> yeah, talk, talk about how, how your your second place finish helped pay your other losing. Hey, I didn't. I didn't even bring draft kings up this week. Sam brought it up, but since he did, yes, I did finish tied for second in our draft kings pool with two missed cuts. I had Rory Ann Hovland. Thank you very much. Uh, but yeah, you had Keith Mitchell in yours, and I did lose. Our Canes bet, I had Harold Varner III straight up against our man TG, Taylor Gooch, and that was a bad bet on my part. I apologize to Taylor Gooch, to Taylor Gooch's family, uh, <laughs> friends, all supporters for doubting him. It uh, it will not happen again, I assure you. Well, T-Dub's best bet was TG finishing top 25, and he finished 26, so nice job. Uh, I have to apologize money. for anyone out there who, who listened to me on that. I, I I was I was so close. I mean, 26, 25th. I mean, that that's the nature of the beast. Whenever you, you bet the the top 25s, you make one more putt, or you have one guy just make miss a putt. I mean, then he have to be himself. When my bookie knocks on my door, I'm gonna tell him, hey, he was close. He finished 26th. Well, I'm not paying. Well, in the, in this case, Harold Varner didn't get to play Saturday or Sunday. Made my job very easy. Oh, well, yeah. you don't know if he got to play or not. He just didn't get to play in the tournament. He didn't play at Quail Hollow. <laughs> he did not play at Quail Hollow, where he is a member. So it's unfortunate. By the way, the two members at Quail Hollow are Harold Varner III missed the cut, and I felt really bad for. 
Webb Simpson, man. He lives a few miles away. It's one of his favorite tournaments of the year. He's a member at Quail Hollow, and he wakes up Thursday morning with neck stiffness uh, and has to withdraw from the tournament. So it, neither sleeping in your own bed. How often is that Sleeping happen? in your own bed, wakes up with neck stiffness, and, and doesn't end up getting to play in the event. But you mentioned John Rahm, and I just love, you know, it seems like every week we, we get a crazy Tiger statistic. And so the one this week was the, the cuts made streak. Yep. And John Rahm was the leader on the PGA Tour, active leader. He was 11 leader for 11 before cuts this made. week. Well, but going back to last year, he he had made 22 cuts in a row. Right. Which was the most on the PGA Tour active streak. Tigers was 142. I think the stat was for John Rahm to tie him, he would have had to make every cut for like the next eight years in all the events that he plays. It's just, <laughs> that is it's crazy. just phenomenal. But I thought it was a great event. And now Rory, based on what I'm looking at, has been vaulted to the top of the odds leaderboard for the PGA you Championship. Think he's the favorite? He won there in 2014. That was his last by major eight, championship. By, in 2012, by eight shots. 2012, yep. pardon me. Yeah, 2014 pardon. was Valhalla. But yep. Oh, it was, yeah. 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 So, uh, and, and I wanted to bring up Phil real quick, too. My DraftKings obviously had John Rahm is the guy that cost me. And then I pick Rory. He's in my DraftKings. I have TG, who played solid. I have Schwartzel, who finished top 15. Matt Jones, uh, who played decent. Who? Matt down, oh, Matt down, oh, Matt down. And then Phil Mickelson. Hitting he comes out bombs. No, he was not hitting bombs. He was hitting bombs. <laughs> what about on Thursday? He was hitting bombs on Thursday hitting with a 64 bombs. and follows it up with a 75, 76, 76 to – Vault me all the way down to fourth in draft. Are you happy about it, though? Oh, my God. Hitting bombs. Yeah, he needs to be Phil. hitting more greens. Phil on the first day gained 5.99 off the tee and for the week only gained 1.9. Oh, my God. Oh, I'm sorry. Hold no, that, that's not even right. Phil in one round gained six shots off the tee? Gained, oh, how's that even that's, possible? That's tee to green. Tee to green, he gained tee six. Tee to green, yeah. yeah. Okay, so some of those were approaching around the green as well. Yeah, here, let me. Okay. So in I was going to say, six strokes just off the tee would be remarkable. Yeah, yeah tee to green, he was 5.99 total. He was uh, 7.64. What was he just off the tee on Thursday? I'm curious. Because uh, that's where, I mean, Phil sprays it off the tee, and it kills him. 1.56. 1.56 in the positive on Thursday. Yes. Hitting uh, bombs. My I mean, man, Phil. My seven, man, Phil. Seven under on the first day and ends up seven over for the tournament. I mean, Sammy's getting a little long in the tooth. You got to cut the guy some slack. <laughs> how, how about Joe Damon calling him out on Twitter saying he's playing with the best champions tour player and then goes out and gets his ass beat? Damon and Phil, that's the bromance that we didn't know we need on the PGA Tour. Damon and Phil were awesome this week. They, they posted the, the pictures holding the scorecards after the rounds on Thursday. They were ragging each other back and forth. I couldn't believe that Phil shot the 64. I mean, I texted y'all on Thursday afternoon. I was like, man, Phil the thrill, making a comeback. <laughs> and then it just all went to hell Friday morning. But I don't know, man. He... He, he had one flash of brilliance for about four and a half hours, and then he kind of went back to being the field that we've seen most of the year. And I, I would like to see more of what we saw from Phil on Thursday because, I mean, obviously I talked about Rory. The game's better when Rory's playing well. The game's better when Phil's playing well. And I know it's not going to happen that often at this point in his career, but if he could just flash and top ten, you know, once every three months on the tour, it would just be so good to have that storyline. I would, I would like to see Phil at Southern Hills uh, maybe concentrating on guys he can beat instead of guys that he can't. Phil's down on my list right now. After hey, what about week. Alex Chayka this weekend? Alex Chayka. Alex Chayka. Over, over, that's, that's who we should do. How high this week is Alex, Alex, Alex Chayka? Oh, How high he it? ever got I'm in looking it up right the now. official world golf rankings. Here we but go. he beat Steve Stricker uh, for the first major. It's the traditions, right? Beat him in a playoff. Uh, beat him in a playoff. Uh, Steve Stricker missed about a 10-foot putt, which we don't see very often. Well, but what? it was very much like match play scenario because Chayka was outside Stricker yeah. for birdie, putting first. Chayka made, so then Stricker had to make on top to extend, yeah. and he missed. And uh, anyway, all right, so Alex, Ch how do you spell Chayka? C-E-K-J-A. 
Oh, I thought it was C-J-K-A. That might be right. It's J-K-A. It's <laughs> J-K-A. All right. J-K. Hit me with Alex Chayka's best official world golf ranking position on this week's edition of Hashtag How High. Uh, 32. 32, Taylor says. I'm going to go a I little feel, higher. I'm going to go 28. I feel like I feel like I might be high balling. I, I think it might be closer to 40, but I'll stick with 32 because you went lower. I think Taylor cheats. 33. 33 I, is I, the highest Alex Chayka ever I put my hand on anything you want. I ain't cheating. I, I literally <laughs> well just throwing shots in the dark. Well done, sir. Unbelievable. I wonder when that was. That probably would have been back uh, a long time ago, man. Looking at probably <laughs> 2003. Yeah, probably in the neighborhood of 2003. He has not cracked the top 100 in the world since 2004. Wow. So, been a long time so, for Alex Chayka. I mean, he's been playing Monday qualifiers on the Corn Ferry and all that stuff. But Hey, does Phil's performance this week classify as a sneaky choke? It's got to be a sneaky I, I, I think joke, so, right? yeah. Espe- especially <laughs> since you finished fourth in the DraftKings. It's definitely a sneaky Where did joke. he actually end up finishing on the leaderboard? 69th. Uh, okay, nice. he finished solo 69th, which, I mean, that's... Hitting bombs. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, solo 69th after being first-round leader, that's not the full-on Matt Every, but it's pretty close. You remember oh. Matt Every a couple years ago at Bay Hill shot, like, 64 in the first round and was the first-round leader and then missed the cut. He went, like, 64-81 and missed the cut by, like, three uh, shots. Yeah, oh, yeah, he, yeah, he missed. And earlier, because I, I finally... F- Found it. He gained six strokes T to green on the, uh, Thursday. The rest of the week, or for the whole week, he totaled minus 1.1. 1. 1. So wow. over three rounds, he lost, was that six, seven strokes T to green? Over did seven did he have any layups into the iron with the hazard? I'm sure he did it. Oh point. my gosh. That is amazing. Layup with an iron <laughs> into the hazard. Did you just say layup into the iron with the hazard? Oh, is that what I said? It might have been. <laughs> Let into the iron with the hazard. Golf is golf's a tricky game, man. Golf is a tricky game. Hey, so anyway, we, we touched on it real quick. Explain to people what happened with Bryson. Okay, so Bryson, Bryson, yeah. Bryson plays Friday morning. He's in the early wave. He gets done. He's won over. He figures guys are going to go out and make birdies in the afternoon. Bryson is, I mean, he's just certain that he's missed the cut. So he hops on his, his private jet. He flies back to Dallas, and he gets a quick workout in, at which point he realizes he has made the cut at the uh, Wells Fargo Championship at Quail Hollow, and he now has to tell the guys to fuel the jet back up so that he can fly on back to Charlotte. <laughs> now, the fact that he has a private jet, I mean, it's not like he was going through TSA trying to get back to Charlotte, but still pretty good stuff that uh, Bryson DeChambeau wound up in two time zones on Friday and Saturday to get back out. And then he fires back-to-back rounds of like 67, I think, and finished. 68, 68. 68, okay. And then did he finish top 10? Yeah, T9 for T9, Bryson yep. after thinking he missed the cut. Yeah, he had he had a chance, missed, lipped out a putt on on seventeen, and ended up bogeying eighteen. So let's just say he would have went par par. That's a T six right there. Could have finished solo fifth up there with Woodland. So yeah, that's not bad for a guy who Friday afternoon thought that he um you know was go- was going home because he literally was home. And you know this this is my <laughs> point again of why we need to have a ten shot rule in every tournament because it doesn't matter. You get a guy on the weekend, they play good, they can get top ten or potentially win. So I mean that's just another example. I mean he literally he had to fly back at like two thirty in the morning. That's what uh, Nick Fado was saying on the telecast. Then goes out and obviously whenever you're down there, you're not gonna have an early tea or you're not gonna have late tea time. So have early tea oh, yeah. time. So he's just out there getting after it. So I mean that's another example of why I believe in the ten shot rule. So I have a little stat for y'all, and you can you guys can guess. Most wins, you, you guys are going to get one of them. Most wins before age 33 since 1990. Tiger, got it. Correct. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to say you're right there. Tiger at 65 wins. God bless. Are you kidding 65. me? All right, I will, I will do a shot in the dark since you did it yesterday. Give me Rory. Rory is 19 uh, before would, the age of 35. Would have been my next guess. You said uh, since 1990? Yeah. Show me Phil the Thrill. Phil, there it is, 21. 
Is that all three? Yeah, so it goes Tiger at 65, Rory or Tiger at 65, Phil at 21, and Rory at 19. <laughs> Good Lord. <laughs> Tiger, Unbelievable. There's no way to put into context what Tiger did in his 30s. By the way, yesterday was the first time that Rory McIlroy has won an, a single event three times. First time he's won a single event three times. Now, Obviously broke through there. That was amazing back in the day. What was it, 2010? 60, 62 on the final and, day. And again, just another ridiculous Tiger stat. By Rory's age, Tiger had completed the career grand slam three times over. And how many events do you think Tiger had won three times by the time he was Rory's age? Seven. 13. 11. Meet in the middle. <laughs> Tiger, Tiger had won 11 events at least three times by the time he was Rory's age, but it makes sense because he had 65 wins on tour. Also, it was a big Bedlam weekend. We had the uh, Cowgirls and the Sooners playing yep. for the Big 12 Championship yesterday. OU gets it done in softball, but we had a little Bedlam on the golf course, too, with Abraham Anser and Victor Hovland. They go into the final round tied. Abe Anser shoots 66. Victor Hovland shoots 67. So, solo second for Abraham Anser. T3 for Victor Hovland alongside Keith Mitchell. I'd say that's a pretty good, uh, pretty good week for the Orange and the Crimson. Is there any Quahara. more solid player on tour right now than Victor Hovland? He's been nails all year, I man. Mean, maybe maybe the one we just mentioned, Answer. Answer's been up there, too. Answer's yeah, been, been playing really good. He finishes top five to ten like every week, it seems like. Yeah, he's always up there. What's he climbed new to now in the official world golf rankings? He's got to be borderline top ten. Victor Hovland's now the 11th ranked player in the world. And by the way, Abraham Answer's all the way up to 19. So, I mean, Abraham Anser climbing the world rankings, too. Nice. I believe this is the first time in his career that he cracked the top 20. So, big congrats to Abe Anser there. And I apologize if he's done it before, but I don't think he has uh, based on what I'm looking at here. So, Victor Hovland now is just fractions of points behind Webb Simpson, Tyrrell Hatton, and Patrick Reed. Rory McIlroy this week, guys, he had fallen to 15th in the world, jumps back up to 7th with the win, which is much more where he belongs and just cannot wait for the PGA Championship. Next week, we'll have the AT&T Byron Nelson. This week, we will bring you a preview for that tomorrow it's going to be an interesting show we're going to be in Tulsa tomorrow for the 6a state championships we're going to be covering that uh courtesy of Madison Custom Homes so we appreciate them getting us out there at uh at Forest Ridge in Tulsa weather could be a little dicey but follow us on Twitter at the 73rd hole for the 6a state championship we'll bring you all of that and another thing today we want to welcome to the show our newest sponsor our newest supporter the Spine Clinic of Oklahoma City uh you go up to the Spine Clinic Dr. Beecham and Dr. Brawley are both avid golfers, high-quality individualized patient care. That's what you're going to get at the Spine Clinic of Oklahoma. Total, complete spine care. Uh, Dr. Beecham does non-invasive care. The Spine Clinic offers the capability to approach all options before surgery. I know this is key for golfers. I'm hoping that my back lasts longer than I think it's going to. Uh, Dr. Beecham also specializes in interventional pain management, and he is double board certified in anesthesiology and pain management. And if you're needing back surgery, Dr. Brawley is actually received the honor of being listed as one of the top 20 surgeons under 40 in terms of spine surgeons in all of North America, not just in the U.S. Visit thespineclinicok.com, or you can go check them out. They're located just off Broadway Extension on Britain Road here in Oklahoma City. That is the Spine Clinic of Oklahoma City. Glad to have them with us here on the 73rd hole. Gentlemen, there was another huge event this week in the world of golf. Our good buddies Austin Eckroat and Quade Cummins headed on down to Seminole Golf Club in Juneau Beach, Florida, and took home the Walker Cup 
Cup, 14-12. to 12. The U.S. gets it done over Great Britain and Ireland. It was, I mean, it was very competitive all week. The United States kind of got off to just a, a couple point early lead and then pretty much held it steady throughout the four sessions. Uh, it looked like, you know, it was going to be dicey to even get it played because some food poisoning went around on Friday. I don't know what they're feeding them at these team dinners, but it didn't sit well with anybody on either team. But they end up getting to get it played. Uh, Austin Eckroat gets a couple of wins. Quade Cummins gets a huge half point by winning the 18th hole in his singles match on Sunday. Gave the U.S. a little breathing room. It was an awesome week for the U.S. And another Walker Cup, third one in a row, coming back to the States. Red, right, and blue, baby. Um, You know, and th- just to put into context how serious it was, I mean, Tyler Shafati, U.S. amateur champion, went to the hospital for fluids. I mean, this was – I mean, there's a serious bug they, that they was going sick, around. They were sick, sick, sick. Yeah, this was, not, this was not just some, you know, run-of-the-mill, let's just make up something. I mean, it, when you go to the hospital, it's serious stuff. And it so, was both you, teams, too. Both, yes, yeah. yes. This wasn't just a one-sided. It wasn't Europe was bad or U.S. or vice versa. It was it was both of them. And so, you know, condolences to – or not condolences, but, you know, um, <laughs> you know, gl- glad for them that they were able to, you know, get through that and able to, to grind through because I know that, uh, you know, just playing in an event like that is stressful enough, let alone if you're not feeling up to, to 100%. But, you know, shout-out to Austin Eckroat yesterday. Goes out and went 7-6 and six to lead the U.S. Start, I mean, you got to think about that, guys. When you're on a team competition and you look up and if you're on the U.S. side and you see your first guy win 7-6, Six, or you're on the Europe team, you see your first guy loses seven and six. There's some emotions that run through your head at that point. And so to be able to go out and make a statement like that, to not just win, but to win by that large of margin was really big in my and, opinion. And, and that's one of GB and I's best players in Mark Power, and Ekro goes out seven and six. That's that's a power outage. And it at wasn't Juno like Ekro was just lighting the course up because the course wasn't lightable. You know what I mean? Dude, like it, it was playing tough. It, it was on the edge, maybe across the line um, of playable. How about that 17th hole, the par three? Unbelievable. Oh, my God, and, what, a, what a golf hole. And number 18 yeah. to the Right yes. at number 18. Yes. P- Pearson Cootie in, in the morning lands his ball on the green, and it runs into the driving range. Yeah. The driving range. <laughs> it's on the driving range. Is there any other course in the world where you could hit an iron shot on the green, it rolls into the driving range, and you're and it's it's acceptable? In their I, defense, it, Seminole has to be the only course. In their defense, it. Seminole is placed on a very small piece of property. There's only so much land to work with. you got to put things close together. But I think it was on Saturday, Saturday evening I was watching, and I probably watched five or six groups come through number 17. It's, what, 150-yard par three? And a little longer. 160, 170, something. But, it's, I mean, it's not like a 230-yard par three. I watched five or six groups come through. Nobody hit the green in regulation. It was unbelievable. Yeah. Uh, unbelievable, yeah. And I was just going to say, like, Ekro only shot two under for the holes that he played, and he won seven and six. That's how hard it was playing. Like you said, Mark Powers so one of their best players. So that's two under, and so they played 12 holes. Yeah, because yeah, Ekro won 10, 11, and 12 to give him the win. Yeah, and then uh, my surprise of yesterday was that Joe Long – uh, actually beat John Pack one up uh, in that match. And then, obviously, we mentioned Quay getting the clutch half. Uh, and then, you know, what do you guys think about Cole Hammer's putt yesterday in the morning time? Did you see that putt? I didn't see it. I was on my way to Chickasha for Mother's Day. Walk me through it, Tyler. Yeah, so, um, first of all, I want to bring go back to John Pack thing. So, he his opponent, who, who, who I forget his name at Joe the time. Joe Long. Joe Long, yep. the opponent, hits it to the left on 18. Uh, Pack's one down. He has to take an unplayable, not pack, um, long, what's the name again? Joe Long. Joe Long. Joe Long. Long. <laughs> it's like go long, but Joe Long. Joe yeah. Long takes an unplayable to the left, is hitting three, and puts it up in the greenside bunker, hitting four. Packs in the middle of the fairway. All he has to do is put it somewhere up by the green. Even in the bunker, be fine. He snap hooks the hell into the hazard and drops it, then chunks it in the, in the bunker in front of him to lose two down. That's not technically a layup with an iron into a hazard, is it? Uh, he wasn't trying. He might have been trying to lay up. I'm not sure. 
But you know, going back to the Cole Hammer thing, this is something that that and this I, was Saturday, this was Sunday morning. Sunday, Sunday mor- morning, he had about an eight footer, and he knocked it like eight feet by. I know that it didn't matter because he didn't have to hit the next putt. But to have holding speed, you got to at least have a little bit of the, the greens were remarkably a little quick bit of this speed. weekend. Remarkably but quick. But it was one of the worst putts I've ever seen. Oh, like, oh it, it was. It, he wanted to go firm in the back, and he would have because it would have hit the back of the hole and popped out. But <laughs> th- th- this is what I saw. So Hammer was kind of the storyline this week, right, guys? He got the most points, if I'm not mistaken. He was three zero and one. So that putt that he missed was for them to tie the match. It wasn't right. even for them to lose. But after his other three matches, all of his playing competitors, caddy and everything, he's handshaking, hugging, loving on him, you know, that kind of thing. Whenever he misses a putt to win, he just fist bumps, walks as fast as he can, go around, and it's like you win. You need to win the same way you lose. So if, if you're going to be like – if you want to be one way or the other, it's fine. I don't care. Like, I understand if players are sick, you want to fist bump everyone, go for it. But if you win and you handshake and you hug people – do the same when you lose. Can we all agree on that? My, my only caveat that I would give is if, like on the first tee or something, they established that they were going to fist bump in that particular group. Because you're not playing against the same guys every time. And, like, I've played with people since the start of COVID who have, like, pretty much established on the first tee box, I'm a fist bumper. And then I've played with other guys who are, you know, like, you know, you still shake hands and do whatever. So I I totally understand what you're saying. If, if that was the case, if he was just being a sore loser, then I agree. Shake hands. I just – I want to, I want to leave the door open to give the benefit of the doubt, just in case it was like established on the first tee. Hey, let's just let's just fist bump. Yeah, but if yeah. he was just being a sore loser, yeah, don't be a sore loser. You I, you you won some matches, win with grace, lose with grace. Yeah. I, I also wanted to bring up John Murphy uh, in his match versus Ricky Castillo is how we learned that how to say it because he actually has. Uh, Filipino background in his family, so even though it looks like Castillo or Castillo, it's Castillo. Castillo. So, anyways, uh, John Murphy had about a three-foot putt. Uh, I think it was to continue the match because uh, uh, Castillo ended up winning two and one. Yeah, it uh, would have been to extend on seven. Yeah, it would have been to extend a three-foot putt, and he, he calls a rules official, and this is the first time I've ever seen someone call a rules official in to say, I'm trying to tap down this spike mark, but it's not tapping down. How much pressure am I allowed to use <laughs> to tap down this spike what mark? What an interesting question. And In, then, infinite and pressure. He talked himself into missing it. I mean, that was, talk about a sneaky yeah. check. He, he talked himself in uh, to missing that three-footer against Ricky Castillo. Well, because you get too worried about the spike mark, and then you, you're not focused enough on hitting the putt. All you're focused on is, hey, no matter how I hit this, it's going to roll offline. Dude, you just got to put the ball down and hit a good putt. All you can control is whether you hit a good putt, and he was thinking about too many things other than that. What did y'all think about the outfits this week? Oh, uh, I thought the outfits were... I like the... Um, they had the high waters on Saturday afternoon. I was going to say, I like the shoes. The shoes on the Saturday. Shoes? The, the red and white shoes. Those, yeah. were, those come, were fly. How come the foreign teams like GB and I or the European Ryder Cup team, they always have the worst outfits Dude, ever. their hats. They their are hats awful. were so bad. The ones on Saturday. Because I like a bucket hat that's got like kind of the big bill coming around it. <laughs> but so many members of that GB and I team were wearing the little like loose bucket hats. You know, like whenever parents take their baby to the pool and they put like those loose little hats <laughs> on top of their heads that come over their ears. That's what it looked like they were wearing. That's that's what the GB and I team had on on Saturday evening. Me and me and some buddies were watching and we were clowning them pretty hardcore. Hey. You know, so, uh, uh, sorry, go ahead, Sam. You, no, you got it. You got okay. It. So, two things I was going to say. One is that. Uh, Cole Hammer played um, Ben Smith in the su- in Sunday singles yesterday, who he ended up playing. That was who he played sa- uh, in Sunday morning as well. So I think your argument may be out the water there, Colby. Okay, um, gotcha. So, but um, the other thing I want to mention, guys, and I don't want to I don't want to rip on this too much because it's an entirely different thing. 
Our man Stuart Hagestad, if he doesn't anchor it, I don't know who does. I, I mean, was going to bring that up. You know what I think he does, in all honesty? And I don't know if he does this on purpose or not. He had by, he had by far the largest shirt of anyone on, on any of the teams. I literally think that he gets too big of a shirt to put his hand into the fabric. Because it's technically defense, not anchored. He's an awkwardly sized human being. He's... <laughs> I mean, what size shirt does a guy who's six six, one hundred and sixty pounds wear? Yeah, he, he. I mean, he's like he's lanky. So, but hey. I don't know. I mean, he he definitely he gets real close. He, to he's a, he's a lot closer than Bernhard is, and I didn't think that was possible. I and wish, Adam Scott too. I wish yeah. they would outlaw the long, long putter. I'm I'm fine with the arm the arm lock grip and everything, but the long putter, it, it's too close to cheating for me. I it's, mean, at some point, I feel like they're just going to institute a rule and they're just going to cap putter length at, like, 38 inches or something. And if you can't putt with a putter 38 inches or shorter, then well, tough th- luck. Well, then you're posed with the problem of, you know, what do juniors do? Because, I mean, if you're a 10-year-old, you can put it in your belly then at that point, you know, if you just make a length rule. Yeah, you know, because then 5-5 yeah. five, five people against 6-5 people, you have a big disadvantage. So. Yeah. yeah. I mean, but then I guess then, you'll you'll win as a 10-year-old, and then when you get into high school, you'll lose because you don't know how to putt. Like Webb Simpson, Keegan Bradley. Well, not Webb Simpson. He got not figured Webb out Simpson, yeah. Keegan Bradley. Keegan still sweet, still sweet for taking drops. Still sweet for taking drops. Oh, by the way, speaking of drops, before you get on there, Sam, shout out to Rory. And I say shout out because we talk about this, you know, how you use the rules. Taking advantage of the rules. Yeah. R- Rory dropped an inch away from the hazard line so that his ball would roll into the hazard. So after two times, he got to place it, which on a side hill lie with thick rough is a huge advantage. So, so somebody else did the exact same thing on Saturday afternoon. Can't remember who, I, who it was, but I was watching it with a friend of mine, and he was like, what is he doing here? This is crap. He's dropping it right next to the line. And I'm like, this is brilliant. Why would he not? I'll drop it right next to the line. It's brilliant. Yeah, and because yeah. most of the time, like when you're out playing with your local guys, you don't drop that close because there's a creek there and your ball's going to roll into the creek. You don't want to lose your ball. So, <laughs> yeah. you know, that's yeah. what happens a lot of the times. So, you know, shout out. Know your rules, kids. Yeah. So, boys, players with 4-0-0 records in the Walker Cup since 2000. Four, Start reading them off. 4-0-0. Okay, oh, well, Hammer was 3-0-1. Rory. Rory is not on there. Ricky. Billy Horschel. Ricky, Ricky in 2009, that's one of them. Let's go, Ricky. Billy Horschel. Billy Orschel's not on there. Uh, give me Colin Morikawa. Colin Morikawa, 2017. You're cheating, I'm bro. not cheating. I'm ripping these off the top of my head. Show me Bryson. Bryson is not on there. It has to be on a winning team. Um, show me, let's see, you already said Ricky. Bo Hostler. Bo Hostler's not on there. That's a good guess, though. That is a good guess. Show me. Um, There's only one GB and I guy on this list, and you guys, I've never even heard of him. Okay, okay so I'm not going to go there. So we're going to go with Americans. Give me Colton Ost. Not Colton Oh, Knows. Colton Knows. I, I like nope. that guess, though. That's a good guess. Um, golly. One of them was this year. Somebody went 4-0 four, four this year? Yeah, 4-0-0 oh oh this year. One of the Cooties do it? Nope. No, Cootie didn't play. Cole no. Hammer didn't do it. Nope. Cole Hammer had a have. Was it William Mount? Nope. No, he William Mount. Oh, Ricky Castillo. Yeah, it was Ricky Castillo. Rick Castillo, sorry. Yes. Castillo, yeah. And I'll just read the other ones off. You got Maverick McNeely. Nice. Jimmy Mullen, Peter Uline, and oh. Doug Gim. Doug. Then we're going to find our best friend, Doug, and then we're going to give him a best friend hug. Anytime we can use the Doug. Also, you gotta love when you're recording in a public space with other people and you start singing the Doug song, and it's only coming through your headphones. Yeah. So nobody knows what we're doing over here. And no one looked at us weird, so that's good. And yeah. by the way, uh, George W. Bush was in town this week for the Walker Cup. We got a picture. Quaid got to meet uh, George W. Bush. Ekro got to meet George W. Bush, yep. who's obviously a golf a golf fiend. So 
George, pretty sweet stuff. George W. signed a $100 bill for Quaid, so that's going to cool be sick. That? How many guys on the planet, how many people on the planet are so famous that if they sign a $100 bill, it's actually worth more than $100? Yeah, I mean, there's a handful, but George W. Bush is definitely one of them. Should we play the all-timer? Yeah, we should. Play, play, play I mean, play. We've, we've got the all-timer. We have to. This is from George W. Bush in, I, I mean, when is this? Like 2002? I don't even know how long ago this was. Uh, but anyway, this is, this is George W. Bush a long time ago. We must stop the terror. I call upon all nations to do everything they can to stop these terrorist killers. Thank, Thank you. you. Now watch this drive. <laughs> all right. He hit it so fast after saying it too. That's legendary. That's hey, legendary. There was no pre. There was no pre-shot routine. Nothing. He just steps up and whacks it. I smoke mean, it. What a legend. He's the press. He doesn't need a pre-shot routine. He just needs to step up and let it rip. Tell, tell the fans your little stat about George W. Bush. I didn't realize why what was it was my called the Walker Cup. Not stat. Oh yeah. So I was watching. Fact. I'm watching the golf channel. I turned it on. I think I turned it on. I was getting around Sunday morning, and they're they're showing up. I didn't know why it was called the Walker Cup. George Herbert Walker back in I think it was 1921. Uh, decided yep. that we needed to have something more for amateur golfers to compete against other amateur golfers from around the world. And the, the story went that that was uh, George W. Bush's granddad, great-granddad, something like that. And that's his connection to the Walker Cup is that George Herbert Walker, who got it started, you know, he was the one who decided we need amateur golfers from this country playing against the best amateur golfers from other countries. We need to get them together and, and have a great event. And it has been a great event, especially for the U.S. 38-9-1 now the U.S. sits in. In the uh, George Herbert Walker Cup. So, another win this year, three in a row. Love it. I can't remember what year it was where the Ryder Cup switched. I wonder if the Walker Cup will do the same. Will they start integrating all of Europe as opposed to just Great Britain and Ireland? I would think at some point they will because I would imagine that back in 1921, you know, Great Britain and Ireland were the two predominant countries in, in Europe who – we're, we're playing golf at that time. But now, I mean, we see it all over Europe is elite golf. you got guys yep. from Spain, John Rom, Sergio, all these guys from Spain. Norway with Victor Hovland and even, Chris, even Christopher Ventura now. Yep. France, your boy Antoine Rosner, all yep. these guys. So uh, a lot of countries in in uh, in Europe doing good stuff. I mean, I- Italy with the, with the Molinaris, right. uh, Eduardo and his brother. So uh, uh, Europe switched in uh, 1979. Okay. Yeah, I would so imagine at some switch. point the Walker Cup will switch, but well, who, well, who one, knows when it'll be. One more upset that I wanted to talk about yesterday was Matty Lamb versus Davis Thompson. Uh, Davis Thompson didn't have his best week this week, uh, but this was a roller coaster match. Uh, I mean, it, they lead changed like four or five times in that match, but uh, Davis Thompson ends up getting beat two down uh, to Matty Lamb. So I thought that was interesting. PGA Tour U did not have a good week this week. Yeah. Be, uh, Back and forth matches make for exciting golf. You know, one thing. One thing I'll say too about um, about this is that well, one thing too is, I just saw is that the Ryder Cup and Walker Cup both started in 1921. Very fast. Wow. Very fun fact. Yeah, there. phenomenal. Um, but one thing I noticed was that you know match play you give you give short putts you know that kind of thing and I saw a lot of people give putts before the ball stopped rolling you know because that's how severe the slopes were they they would be like walking off the green and be like that's good and like the ball's two feet away and it's still rolling and I'm like. I, I, I don't care. The ball could stop there two feet. It's got break on it with these greens. I'm going to make them putt it. I would let it stop rolling at least before I give it. <laughs> I, 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 I saw at least three times this week, guys, where a ball was literally still moving, and they gave it to him. Y'all, and, y'all and, play match play. Do you have a set rule, like the ball has to be this far or in, or do you gauge, like, the amount of slope in it, the point in the match? It's, no, it's just, like, your feel on where you are in the match, you know, and how – like confident you are they're actually going to make it right well one thing you can you do too is like if you're you know obviously match play you're playing at the same time so watch your 
playing partner in putting green. If they're missing putts, don't give them anything. Right. If, you know, yeah. and and also too, it's you know like like if me like if we went out and we somehow got played up in a match or something, you know, I might be a little more friendly to you than I would someone else. I mean, right. that's right. just the nature of the game. You well, know, a lot of times what I used to do too is you give them some putts early so they can't get in a rhythm. It's a very right. good point. Yeah. Yeah. Or the classic, make them them the classic Tiger one I like is let them mark, <laughs> step back, and as soon as they're over the ball, give yeah. it to them. How and about, then walk how about uh, the old – it was uh, – who was it with Tiger back in the day? Marco Mira, I think it was. And Marco Mira looked at Tiger when he was young, and they were playing match play, and he goes – if you ever make me putt another putt like that, we're not friends anymore. Uh, it, 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 was, it was Tiger who said that because Tiger made the putt. This was um, – we were talking about this, the European match play that they used to have, and Tiger literally made the putt and sat down his putter, you know, like you do in the hole to see if it straps. <laughs> he literally made the putt and sat it down and looked at Mark because they're best friends, you know, or we're best friends, however they are now, you know, because they grew up in Florida or uh, play in Florida. And, I mean, it was obviously a laughing matter. But, yeah, Tiger literally makes the putt and puts his putter in the hole to see if it straps. Another point where an anchor putter would come in handy. Very good point. You got a five-foot putter? <laughs> hey, dude, this Inside is straps. Inside the leather. This yeah. is straps here. You got a four-footer, it's straps. I don't care. It's straps. You got to give it. Uh, yep. All right, why don't we take a break, fellas? We're going to come back on the other side. A lot of good stuff coming your way from the link, from uh, Lincoln Park. The First Tee, just a phenomenal organization. They're doing so many good things uh, for youth golf here in the state of Oklahoma. And we're going to have Debbie Martin on, who's the executive director for the First Tee of Oklahoma City. She's been with the First Tee for about 18 years now, so she'll have uh, some good stuff to talk about, the growth of the First Tee here in Oklahoma City, the affiliate around here, uh, you know, the goals of the program, what they're going to do. We're also going to try to get Steve Carson on, the director of golf here at Lincoln Park. A lot of good show coming up. We'll tell you what we're going to be doing tomorrow as well as recap uh, the women's state championships from last week here in the state of Oklahoma. So a lot of good stuff still coming. Stay with us here on the 73rd Hole, the official podcast of Golf Oklahoma. When something the size of a golf ball hits your roof, you need to call McRae Roofing. McRae Roofing is Oklahoma's designer roofing service specialist. For years, Jeff McRae and the experienced team at McRae Roofing and Exteriors have served fellow Oklahomans by helping them with their roofing needs. McRae Roofing uses only top quality materials and professional crews to make sure that each job is done right so it will give you the years of service, security, and protection you need from the unpredictable Oklahoma weather. McRae Roofing offers residential and commercial roofing, ventilation services, and custom copper designs. McRae Roofing is dedicated to exceeding the homeowner's expectations. It's not just a roof, it is your home's crowning glory. Call McRae Roofing today at 405-692-4000. That's 405-692-4000. Make sure to also visit their website at McRaeRoofing.com. That's M-C-R-A-Y Roofing.com. Don't get caught with a leaking roof. Contact McRae Roofing for your free inspection today. Welcome back. Rolling along here on the 73rd hole. Colby Powell, Taylor Williams, and Sam Humphreys with you. We're out here at Lincoln Park for the first tee event today, and now we've got some members of the first tee here with us, so we're excited to be out here at Lincoln. We're going to meet some of the crew. The first tee is a phenomenal program getting kids involved in the game of golf, and we've got some of them here, so we're going to let them pass the mic around and kind of introduce themselves. So let's just start here. Just tell us kind of your name, how long you've been with the first tee, and maybe who your favorite golfer is. Uh, my name's Colby Christman. I've been with the first tee for... 15 years now. I'm 21 years old. I'm going to UCO and 
I think my favorite golfer growing up was probably Tiger Woods. Phenomenal. Yep. As was mine. Welcome to the group. Welcome to the group. Welcome and I'm, to glad the club. The first, I'm glad the first kid's name was Colby. That's just, <laughs> it's a good name. It's That's a good, a good sign. Good place to start. <laughs> Who we got next? Um, my name is Kirsten Westlake. I go to UCO as well, and I've been a part of the first tee for about seven years. And my favorite golfer is probably Renee Powell. Ooh, nice. Very nice. Very nice. Very nice. Colby and Powell. Wow. <laughs> there it is. Perfect. Match made in heaven. All right, hello. I'm uh, Carson Little. Uh, I also go to UCO. I'm actually in the professional golf management program. Uh, I plan on interning with the first tee this summer. Um, my favorite golfer uh, growing up was definitely Tiger Woods, and I've been a part of the first tee for about 11 years. Fantastic. Awesome. Nice. Good Very stuff. Nice. Yeah. Hey, my name is Xavier Jones. I've been with First Tee about eight years, and I'd say my favorite golfer is Tiger Woods. Tiger Woods, yep. a lot of Tiger Woods. We're seeing a trend here. <laughs> Hello, my name is Keegan Westlake. I go to Carl Albert Middle School. I'm in eighth grade, and my favorite golfer is Brooks Kepka. Oh, oh nice. Yeah, okay. New school. It. We got some new school here. Hi, my name is Jay Mathis, and I go to Westmore. I've been with the First Tee for six years now, and my favorite golfer is probably Tiger. Nice. All right. Love the Tiger love. Hello, my name is Mimi Hong. I also go to Westmore High School. I've been with the first tee for around nine or eight years, and my favorite golfer would be Michelle B. Ooh, oh, very nice. Very nice. Guys. Love the Westmore. Major That's where champion, my fiance Michelle Wee West. Hey, I'm Cole Champion. Uh, I've been with the first tee about eight years. I go to Harding Charter Preparatory High School, and uh, favorite golfer would probably be Ricky Fowler. Nice, and your last name is actually Champion. Yes, sir. That's phenomenal. Very awesome. <laughs> That's the best. That's one of the best last names around. Hi, my name is Reese Perong. I go to Southeast High School. I've been with the first tee for about six years, and my favorite golfer is probably Jordan Spieth. Nice. Very Jordan nice. Spieth, right. Brooks Kepka, Michelle Wee, we got a lot of love. We appreciate all y'all doing that, and uh, first, tee, first Tee is just a phenomenal program. So stay involved with the game of golf. It's a lot of fun. It's a great game. And we've got Debbie Martin with us as well, who's the executive director of the uh, First Tee here in Oklahoma City. Debbie, why don't you throw on the headset, and we'll, uh, we'll, we'll dive in here a little bit because we're, we're curious oh. about some of the stuff that you're doing. So my understanding is that you've been with the First Tee for about 18 years now here in Oklahoma City. Uh, and I was just kind of wondering how you've gotten involved and then how much you've grown during your time with the First Tee. Well, actually, I became part of First Tee probably about 20 years ago. Okay. Uh, Willa Johnson, who is the Ward 7 Council member, was very interested in bringing First Tee to Oklahoma City. Uh, and so what she said in February of 2002, I want a first tee in Oklahoma City, so get it done, was her favorite statement. <laughs> so she didn't realize that it was going to take me almost a year to get this chapter license submitted with a whole team of city workers that were part of that program as well. So we were excited. In 2003, in the spring, we opened with 75 children at Jimmy Stewart, and none of them that are here, obviously, because they are much younger than the students would have been at that time. Uh, the program has really grown. Once we decided that we needed to start broadening that, because we are a metropolitan area, Oklahoma City is 629 square miles. <laughs> so we knew that a lot of students would find that a challenge to be able to drive to a central place. So we began with buying a horse trailer. Most people don't know this. We retrofitted that horse trailer with our logo, and Cox Communications gave us a truck, uh, also logoed, and we took the first tee on the road. So our first site was actually in Edmond, 
and then we expanded that to Midwest City. And uh, then we went to Norman at Westwood, and we're also in El Reno at Crimson Creek now. So we opened our first tea facility in 2011, and we're now serving about 800 unduplicated youth every year. But what that means is that some students, as we have here, actually attend programming of the spring summer and fall but that's counted as one child not three children Uh, we also expanded outreach and so we work with the oklahoma city indian clinic the aztec i was telling one of our students uh, reese here that we actually were coaching the southeast high school team for a while because they wanted extra help and they wanted a place to practice Uh, So we have PAL, we have the Y, we have lots and lots of partners, and we always invite others to come alongside us because of what we teach and what we believe we're about. Then about uh, five to six years ago, First Team National developed a program, and it's called the National School Program. That particular program, we train the PE teacher at that elementary school. They have to go through an e-training and be certified. They receive equipment, and then they teach first T through the regular PE classes. We require that they at least deliver that four times for that to be certified by First T National. So currently, we're at about 800 unduplicated in the certifying program, about 2,500 that are in the outreach program, and over 12,000 if it's a regular school year in the national school program. We have that program in Midwest City at almost every one of our elementary schools and about half of the Norman schools and five in Oklahoma City. So our goal is to expand that program because we know if we can become a first-T curricula campus, it'll make a difference in what happens to students. That's phenomenal, Debbie, everything that y'all are doing. And one thing I noticed from listening to these uh, great young individuals that we just had on is that I heard years range from the first tee from six to eight years, some of them upwards of 15 years. I mean, it's just tremendous what you guys are doing. So, you know, kind of dive into that a little bit more. What what not only keeps y'all going so well, but also keeps the kids and everyone so engaged to want to come back and to keep being involved in such a great organization? Well, I believe that, number one, we have to have financial supporters. Number two, we've got to have great volunteer coaches. And I would challenge anyone in this community, if you care about children, you want to make a difference, then come. There's a place for you at First Tee. And and how can they do that, Debbie? All they have to do is complete a First Tee volunteer application, which is also online. We do a background check. They go through training. And then we match them with someone who's a tenured coach to make sure that the program delivery is consistent with what we require. Yeah, you know, Debbie, for people that aren't necessarily as familiar with the first tee as all of us are, um, it's not just golf, even though the golf facility by James E. Stewart is state of the art. They even have a few holes out there. The inside is awesome. Um, But I just wanted to list off these nine core values. You have honesty, integrity, sportsmanship, respect, confidence, responsibility, perseverance, and courtesy. Um, And and I've seen this in your students, and, and I've seen 
your older students that have gone through the first T program, such as two of my best friends, Bryce and Brennan Fanning, you yes. know, who went to the Pebble Beach actually national uh, first T tournament, and uh, and and I've seen numerous kids just turn out to be uh, great contributions to the community and everything. Uh, speak a little bit about um, how it's not just golf that you're teaching these kids. <clears throat> Correct. Uh, really and truly, what our goal is is to impact students to become productive members of our community. And so that really is about the nine core values. And how do they transition those core values into everyday life? Then Annika Sorenston introduced the nine healthy habits, which are the social, mental, and physical being of a child. And her goal was to reduce bullying in the schools because there were too many children taking their own lives. So we call it the program of nines. So that's nine healthy habits and nine life skills. So our goal here in Oklahoma City is to make sure that we see children progress in the program, that we impact children, and that they become productive members of our community. Yeah, absolutely, and just uh, we'll we'll let you get out of here after this. But just talk about your affiliates that, that you work with Hefner, Early Wine here at Lincoln, Certainly. Kicking Bird, and, and just what all that means uh, to you to have a, a place to play. Because at the end of the day, you need a place to play. Correct, and I will tell you. Uh, I am the chief of staff of the City Council of Oklahoma City is my professional job that I get paid for. This is a volunteer. But if it were not for our partnerships and if we had to pay as many other chapters do across the country, we probably could not afford to do what we do. So uh, when we built the new First Tee facility, the students who had previously been at Lincoln and at Trosper and at Jimmy Stewart came to our new facility. We still have programming at Lake Hefner. We have programming at Early Wine, Westwood and Norman and Crimson Creek and Conrad in Midwest City. So if it were not for those partnerships, we really could not do it. And we couldn't do it without the volunteers. And so what I would say, if you know a child that you believe could benefit from this program. Go online, get them enrolled. We will start the summer session soon. And so it's important that we impact as many families as possible with our program. Well, Debbie, y'all are doing great stuff. Just absolutely, uh, absolutely phenomenal. Yeah, and before we get out of here, you know, thank you to all the, the young men and women here who gave your time and also you, Debbie. And so, you know, you iterated to it earlier about how you could volunteer and stuff. So if anyone wants to make donations or to help out in any oh, way, please let them know how, how they can do that. They can go online to our website and they can make that donation directly, even with a credit card. Is that uh, firsttokc.com? Mm-hmm. Okay, correct. Per- yeah. Perfect. Absolutely. Fantastic. Debbie, you've been awesome. We appreciate your time I'd like to say one other thing. Absolutely. Today is our 19th golf tournament. Wow. And so I will tell you, this community are the most giving, loving, caring people. And we have huge numbers of sponsors today. And we've broken our record today. Our sponsorship is over $200,000. Wow. That is unbelievable. And we're going to make sure that keeps growing. Yeah. Thank you very uh, much. Unbelievable. Thanks yep, for Debbie, letting me be your guest. You're awesome. <laughs> Absolutely. Thank you. thank you to all the young thank men you, and Debbie. women as well Absolutely. for sharing your time. Thank you all so yep, much. Thank you all. We appreciate it. That was Debbie Martin, the executive director of the First Tee of Oklahoma City, uh, and some of the great members of the First Tee here in Oklahoma City. And, and we appreciated them uh, all being here with us. And we're glad everybody can be at the course with us today. We're going to keep things rolling. We're going to take a short break. We'll be right back here on the 73rd hole, the official podcast of Golf Oklahoma. 
We're back rolling along here on the 73rd hole, the official podcast of Golf Oklahoma. Colby Powell, Taylor Williams, and Sam Humphreys with you, and we were thrilled to have Debbie Martin on from the first tee of Oklahoma City as well as some of her great students, uh, both those who've come through the program and been around for a long time, and, and then some younger ones just now getting started, and I thought it was fun hearing all the uh, different favorite golfers that the kids have. You can kind of tell some of the ones that were a little younger and a little older. We had some, some Kepkin, some Smith, and some Ricky thrown in there. We had some Tiger Classics from some of the older kids. Uh, Michelle, some of the younger Michelle kids, Lee. though, with Tiger, though. Some of the younger kids with Tiger, too. I, I thought that was cool hearing uh, the different kind of generations throw out their favorite golfers. It really is, yeah. And, you know, who knows? We might be having in a debate in, you know, 30 and 40 years, they'll be sitting down at a table like we are and discussing <laughs> who, who was the better golfer. You know, oh, Kepka's got four majors, or he did then, so. you know. And so wait, they're, they're going to be having debates just like we Calling are. Calling us Tiger people ancient. Yeah, right. yeah, exa- yeah, exactly. Yeah. You old timers. You, you yeah. The competition lovers. back in the day wasn't as good. Yeah. <laughs> you people born in the 90s. Gosh, yeah. these 90s babies. One day we're going to be the old fun fact, fun fact, we're closer to 2050 than we are 1990. How does that make you feel? Uh, no, I don't even want to think about it. I don't even want to talk about it, really. I don't even know why you brought it up. Just putting a real damper on a good Monday. You are the oldest of the three here, Colby, so we do got to make oh, sure you know that. And you I'm always the, I'm be. the dinosaur of the group. You are. I'm the dinosaur At one point in time, that was a good thing, but now it's a bad thing. You're it, on the you, downhill climb. You reach climb. a certain age where it's like, whenever you're younger, it's cool to be the oldest of the group. Yeah. But then as you get older, it's you were cool the, to you be were the, the youngest chauffeur, of the group. You were taking the chauffeur, you know, you're oh, the first yeah. one with the vehicle. I was the first one to drive in the friend group, but now I feel like the old guy. Uh, you are the old guy. I am That's the, why old you guy. Like That's the old guy. I feel like that. So, anyway, speaking of younger kids, uh, so we've got, I mean, the month of May in the state of Oklahoma is just jam-packed with golf. So, tomorrow, we're going to be going up to Tulsa. It's the 6A uh, Boys State Championship. It's at Forest Ridge. Uh, I know your Edmund North Huskies will be up there, Sam. I, I Undefeated on the season, the Edmund North Huskies doing it again. The greatest dynasty in the history oh, of college golf. Don't let me hear it. Did you hear what he just said? College golf. In the history of college golf. In history, well, that no, too. No wonder y'all keep that too. No wonder y'all keep winning. Y'all History got of high school players. Wait, yeah. My my high school team was better than my college teams. But <laughs> anyways, uh, no. So we're gonna go up there uh, to Forest Ridge tomorrow. We're doing a really cool thing uh, with Madison Custom Homes is uh, helping us present uh, the first ever live coverage of the Six A State Championship. We'll be out there uh, tweeting it out all from the seventy third hole podcast. All day. We're gonna be it's there. Gonna be Big time coverage. We're, we're, we're going to get to Forest Ridge about the time the sun gets yeah. to Forest Ridge. So we're absolutely going to be an early morning, but it's going to be a lot of fun. I, I mean, I haven't watched high school golf in a long time. I'm, I'm really looking forward to it because I mean, there are some really good. I don't think people realize how good high school golf is in the state of Oklahoma. It's gotten so so good over the last ten to fifteen years. And you know, we're going up, guys. I mean, Forest Ridge. That's a tough track. I mean, you, you've got to you got to place your ball, and you've got to those those greens can get severe, especially if. And it seems like tomorrow, guys, a lot of our job may be let everyone know what the weather's doing because we could we could be in and out of some weather delays tomorrow with the uh, with the rain depending on how much comes in if there's any lightning involved but you know I think it's going to be a great test for the kids you know on just a mental standpoint because not only are going to have to deal with the conditions tomorrow with um, with the wind and the tough course but they're just coming off of playing 36 holes today right. so I right. mean so I mean it's it's and one one of the worst things about a 54 hole tournament or playing 36 and 18 is when you get through a 27 holes on your first day, and you're and you realize you're halfway through the tournament. <laughs> yeah, it's the worst when you're you're just now finishing your first eighteen. And you're like, I have to walk all the way back around this course to this spot, and then a little more. See, and yeah. now, see, and now you really make me feel like an old guy because now I'm sitting here and I'm like. I don't know that I, it would be physically possible for me <laughs> to walk 36 holes bag. 
And and not only that, but you're stopping every couple hundred yards to hit another shot. Yeah, eating lunch on you're, the go. You're swinging hundred, however many miles an hour, how many ever times around. Well, and an underrated yeah. aspect of playing 36 is not only do you have to lock in mentally for, I'd say high school rounds average between four and a half and five hours. I'm, so not only do you have to lock in mentally to do that once, but then you get a, a, like a 20-minute break, and then you have to lock back in mentally for another five hours. And that is a long day. When did you ever get a 20-minute break? And this, I don't know. Yeah, I never got a 20-minute break. <laughs> I five-minute My group's always play fast so we were always on the group back to the golf tomorrow though Edmund North is undefeated on the season however their best competition is Broken Arrow and it's Broken Arrow's home course so Edmund North's gonna have to play some good golf it's not like they just have a breeze tomorrow obviously Jordan Wilson is the favorite uh won the state am out at Oak Tree National uh as a young guy he's going to Oklahoma State uh but there'll be some other guys that are good competition uh while we're on the subject of high school golf though um I want to bring up the girls state that happened since our last show uh I actually went up to the 2A state uh to see two girls that one one girl is uh Jenny Roller she's JP's brother who plays at Texas Tech Jenny is going to TU uh to where I played, I played college golf, and though um, you know he, she's going to play with Annie Young, uh, that great coach up there, and then Rachel Nelke, uh, she's going to Oklahoma University of Oklahoma, and so uh, and so Jenny Roller went out and dominated the field. She shot four under on the first day, three under on the second, um, and 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 it was it was really impressive seeing her like maturity and how as a golfer, and you know how uh, she was just head and shoulders above uh, every other girl that I saw out there. It was really impressive display of ball striking. And the scary part is she shot seven under on the tournament, uh, and she didn't even have her best stuff on the green. So Jenny Roller of 2A, really surprising that 2A girls had that much talent in this tournament. And I also have to give a shout-out to uh, my my cousin, Ramsey Gunner, who also uh, finished top ten. So, uh, let that, And I think we have an interview here that I did uh, with Jenny Roller. Um, do we have that set up yet, Colby? Yeah, we uh, do. You, you got her for – it's just short, about a minute and a half or so. It's a short interview after, after she uh, was right finished, after she finished it off? Right after she got her trophy. Yep. Okay, right after and she got her trophy. how many did she end up winning by she seven? She won by seven. Won by seven. It's pretty healthy. Pretty healthy and, victory. And Turner and – Turner, Falcons were the team that won the. And this was at Cedar, Cedar Valley and Guthrie. Cedar Valley and Guthrie, and uh, but this is Jenny Roller of Regent Prep in Tulsa. All right, Sam Humphreys here on the seventy third Hole Podcast. I'm here with Jenny Roller uh, of Regent Prep. Just won the two A state title. Jenny, congratulations. Thank you. What does it mean to you to win state this year? Obviously, a lot of hard work and a crazy year with COVID. What does it all mean to you? Um, I think it's awesome that I get to play golf with my teammates. I love playing with them. And I just get to play the sport that I love. And I've been practicing a lot, so it feels good for all that to pay off. That's great. What does your schedule look like coming up this summer? It's pretty jam-packed with a lot of tournaments. I think I'm playing in a couple AJGAs and some other ones like the PGA and um, but a lot of tournaments. That's good. That's really good. And obviously committed to TU and everything. And Annie Young, just speak a little bit uh, about Coach Young and, and about um, your – because I played at TU too. Mm-hmm. So I'm looking forward to seeing what you do at Tulsa. And so uh, that's awesome. So just talk a little bit about why you chose Tulsa and talk a little bit about the coach as well. So I chose Tulsa partly because my mom played there and it's just cool to get to play somewhere where she played and also – I love Annie. I think she's probably the best coach ever. Um, and I just, I love Tulsa and the golf courses here are great. 
Um, and the education also is a big bonus. So that's kind of why I chose to you. That's awesome. Well, congratulations. We'll be rooting for you. All right, that was Jenny Roller, the 2A individual state champ, and uh, great for her to take a few minutes to spend with you. Sounded like it was windy last Thursday in, Gu- in Guthrie. It was extremely windy. And, and she shot, what, 67, you said? She Well, I think it was a par 71. I, I can't remember exactly if it was par 71 or 72, but okay. she shot four under, three under. Golly. So, it's impressive. Yeah. Very impressive, especially in that win, those conditions. So, a uh, great win for her, great win for Turner winning the team event. And then your, your alma mater, Edmund North, the girls got it done. So, uh, boys trying to make it two for two this week after the girls got it done last week. What, the, they went by a shot? The Edmund North girls, they won by a shot. I got to give a shout-out to Haley Blevins. Uh, won it individually and birdied the last two holes to capture that team title. Uh, that, that was is a, clutch. That was clutch. a really close uh, tournament between Edmund North, uh, who was actually in second headed into the second round the last day uh it was edmund memorial was actually on top headed into the last day and then you had edmund north a shot behind and then two shots behind was jinx uh so you had the the big dogs out there um and so uh yeah i mean just uh business as usual edmund north wins another state title uh so i i I thought it was really as usual listen to this i thought i thought it was really impressive shout out to coach bloyd uh i actually went and spoke with them and 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 they a bunch of great girls i really uh appreciated them facetiming me in the van after they were on their way back to celebrate uh but yeah huge shout out to Haley blevins um and i'm gonna pull up the list of the other individual winners real quick uh in 6a you had Haley blevins of edmund north and 5a you had michaela caranja of Durant. Uh, then you had in 4A, you had Maddie Thomas of Kingfisher. In 3A, you had Brooklyn Ben uh, of Oklahoma Christian, who also plays out at uh, Oak Tree National. Really good player uh, from the local area. And then 2A, you had Jenny Roller, who we just heard from, back to back champion from Regent Pramp. Regent Prep. Yeah, absolutely. Great stuff uh, on the girls' side last week. Looking forward to the Boys State Championships this week, which start today, 36 today, 18 tomorrow. I know 5A uh, is up at Meadowbrook. 4A is at Winter Creek this week, which is where Taylor and I played in high school. Great golf course. So uh, some good stuff happening. Some great high school golf in the state of Oklahoma. We're thrilled to go to Forest Ridge tomorrow and be able to cover uh, some of that on the 6A side. Big time high school golf. And then uh, Ada, I want to give a shout out to. They won... uh, regionals for the men, for the boys side uh in hi, boys high school golf eight one regionals and my cousin mac weems uh had a really good tournament so i wanted to give a shout out to him too yeah phenomenal great great stuff uh all right good stuff why don't we take one more short break and then we'll come back on the other side we're going to talk to the director of golf here at lincoln park and that is steve carson so we'll take a break come back on the other side appreciate everyone being with us reminder we are partnered with golf oklahoma head over to GolfOklahoma.org. check out everything they have to offer you can find all of this high school coverage there as well as some college coverage um, NAIA, Division 2, Division 1, OUOSU, Senior PGA. It's all at GolfOklahoma.org. You can also listen to our podcast right there on the front page. It's, it's the best place to find these high school scores because the OSSAA doesn't do a great job of letting us know where to find these high school scores and uh, and and Ken McLeod does an awesome job um, of making sure that these are available and uh, up before the paper in the morning. Yep, GolfOklahoma.org Check it out. We'll take a break. Come back with Steve Carson on the other side here on the 73rd hole, the official podcast of Golf Oklahoma. 
We are back now as we are going to wrap things up today on the 73rd hole. We are the official podcast of Golf Oklahoma. And joining us now is Steve Carson, the director of golf here at Lincoln Park. Steve, we appreciate you taking a few minutes for us today. Oh, my pleasure. Absolutely. And, you know, we're just so thrilled to be out here today. We had the pleasure of talking with Debbie Martin, the executive director of the First Tee, as well as meeting uh, several members from all different age groups uh, with the First Tee. So just talk about Lincoln's connection with the First Tee and this event that is hosted out here that uh, clearly is drawing a great crowd and will be a great day well i've been with first tee ever since it formed in oklahoma city been on the board still serve on the board and it's a a pleasure to do so great organization served many many children in oklahoma city and introduced them to golf introduced them to the not only the benefits of playing golf but the character that can be built through through the game of golf and uh, we we talk about honesty and integrity and sportsmanship and it just you know builds good people that's the definition of it steven you know one thing is that we're sitting in here in this really nice new clubhouse that's built just a few years ago now looking out the window see lincoln park gets known as not just one of the best municipal golf courses in the state but really in the country so you know what do you feel about about this place that makes it so much special and above some of the other um, municipals around the area well, number one is you you can't do better than what Mother Nature gives you. <laughs> That's true. Right. We, we learned that this harsh winter. <laughs> yes, we did. And uh, Mother Nature has blessed northeast Oklahoma City with some great terrain, trees, creeks, lakes. And uh, so you just have the natural beauty. And then you had two golf courses that were built in amongst that natural beauty at a time when, when you built those golf courses, you didn't have the earth-moving equipment that you have today. So that's why the golf course fits into the terrain so well. And I think that's the beauty of a very traditional, um, classic-style golf course. Yeah, Steve, just talk, expand a little bit more on that because uh, when we talk about winter kill on our podcast and, and how it really makes your job uh, as a head pro harder and director of golf and everything, um, and we've been talking about it a lot lately with the winter kill issues around the area and in Tulsa and uh, a lot of different places around the, around the state, just speak a little bit about what you have to do extra with your job and how it really makes your job difficult um, and, and, and kind of tougher this year compared to other years well this year is going to be tough because we have a lot of areas that did suffer winter kill and winter damage and uh, for whatever reason our facility did not get damaged as bad as some of the other facilities and i have no explanation why or why not but i'm sure glad but we are going to have to be doing some sod replacement in some areas we're um, working real hard to enhance the areas that were damaged and a little extra fertilization, a little extra airification, and uh, we're doing that while we're in full business. Right, right. You kind of interrupted there, Steve, but I have to ask. I mean, it seems like every time I come out here, the greens are immaculate, perfect. I mean, better than almost any country club you go to. What's the secret formula to the greens out here? Why are they always so good? I've got great superintendents. Hey, that's Uh, simple. (laughs) It's a a simple answer. Um, A few years ago, I made a great hire from – uh, Jim Wood, he was um, a superintendent at Oak Tree when they hosted the PGA Championship. And uh, he, wa- he wanted to make a change, and this was a perfect fit for him and us. And, boy, does he know bent grass. And bent grass is what we have on our greens. And he has developed a program of uh, fertilization, mowing, aerification, and uh, 
maybe a little tender love and care that um, makes for great putting surfaces. And yes, we have been known for our good conditions. And the uh, my superintendent now, Jim, re- re- retired about a year and a half ago. Um, learned under Jim, f- spent four years under his toolage, and um, has continued on with those great uh, practices of good golf course. Yeah, Steve. And I, I wanted to go back. We obviously we're here today to talk about the first tee sure. um, and everything. Just speak a little bit, not just the first tee, but junior golf in general. You guys have made not only a big impact on my life and my junior golf, but you guys have so many junior tournaments out here, junior programs. You're an affiliate of the first tee. Uh, the, just, the, the drive, chip, and putt. I saw right. a qualifier out here one day. Right. right. And, yeah. and just speak a little bit about how that's a main priority for you and because i know if you ask any golfer that has golfer or non-golfer that has come through they have all played at lincoln or played a junior tournament at lincoln or or at least just come out here and learn the game Um, just speak a little bit about uh growing the game through junior golf well junior golf is the way you grow the game and by having the golf course available for these types of events like the the drive chip and putt we introduce kids from all over the state and their families to this golf course when they come out to participate in that. We, we host uh, many of the school events, high school events, high school playoffs, state championships. Um, year and a half, uh, two years ago, we hosted the NAIA Women's National Championship. So that introduced people from all over the country to what kind of facility we have. Uh, you know, we've got a great city, and we've had great political leadership in the city, and they realize that golf is a vital aspect of the total environment uh, of people enjoying their town. Right. And, you know, go- not everybody plays golf, but not everybody plays tennis either, or right. not everybody, <laughs> right. you know, not everybody fishes or whatever. Yeah. But for the golfers, this has just been a, a great facility for them. Yeah, and this event specifically with the first tee, uh, how, how long has this been going on here? Is it held here every year? And uh, just, you know, obviously Debbie Martin was on with us and talked about what a huge event this is for them, fundraising and being able to, to, to fund everything that they do with these kids that we were fortunate enough to meet. So just talk about that tournament, it being hosted here, and what that means to both sides. Well, the, the first tee tournament has been an important fundraiser for first tee and what we've done when we started we had the first one here at lincoln and then we rotated it through lake hefner and early wine all 36 hole facilities that are big enough to handle this event and um, what we're what we're planning on doing is continuing that rotation and that lets everybody see the the fine facilities we have we're, we're getting ready to build a new clubhouse out at early wine golf course Hopefully in two or three years, we'll have a new clubhouse out at Lake Hefner also. So those are those will be um, right on par with what Lincoln has been able to do here. We're able to host their event. We're able to host all the people, sit them down for a lunch indoors, which uh, certainly makes playing golf um, and your tournament uh, worthwhile. When you're able to finish up, you can come inside where hopefully you have uh, – course today you don't need too much air conditioning but (laughs) uh, most of the time you know after being outside on a hot summer day you want to get inside and cool off and have a nice you know have a lunch and and uh, have your award ceremony and you can do all that here in our banquets facility 
right? And I just want to emphasize to the listeners how lucky Oklahoma City is to have these golf courses. Obviously, the Hefner is near and dear to my heart. That's where I learned the game. And then every year, you know, my dad's friends come back in town, and we always play at Lincoln because that's where they grew up mm-hmm. and everything. But I, you, I you, play, can, you can name do- drop. Skip, skip, <laughs> skip, skip Bayless. Bayless. He comes back, back every year and comes and plays. And plays and, Lincoln. And we, yep. He always wants to play Lincoln pretty much every day. Yep. But um, the point about that I'm trying to make, you know, I play golf in, in Tulsa and, and Kansas City. You know, they, the public golf, the public courses, uh, especially in the Kansas City area, you can't find it. They're all private, you know. Mm-hmm. And, and we're so lucky to have that here in Oklahoma City um, to not just – good public courses these are good courses in general that would be great yeah. private courses in other cities i think oklahoma city even a little bit takes for granted the fact that we do have such good public golf because it's not this way everywhere and we're very fortunate to have it so uh yeah steve y'all, y'all are doing great work and we appreciate you taking some time for us today this is well, a great facility thank you very much we we do appreciate it i know that uh, when when a lot of our players travel around the country they come back saying wow we don't realize how good we've got it here yeah, yeah. And, right. and so you're exactly right yeah. you, you've been so gracious your time, Steve. I'm going to put you on the spot here. you got okay. a gorgeous 36-hole facility out here. Mm-hmm. got to pick one of them. What's your favorite hole? Oh. My, my favorite hole? Great question. Good question. <laughs> uh, probably 16 on the west. Love it. Yeah. Do you, it, like it, it, do you like it? Play it back as a par 5? We, we've seen it back in the day. It was a par 4, pushed mm-hmm. up a little bit. Which one do you like it, better? It's just always been a great risk-reward hole. Mm-hmm. And that, that that's what makes golf challenging and fun is you put yourself in a position to take a little risk, if you pull it off, you got a great reward. Yep. If you and, don't pull it off, you mark a seven on your card yep. and go on to the next hole. <laughs> you Sometimes you're lucky to make seven on that hole. You might be named Colby Powell if you don't pull it off. Those trees left of the green up there, they give oh, me yeah. every time. They just yep. steal my golf ball and they never give it back. They, they, so. act, they actually eat the balls. They do. Yeah. We don't ever find them. No. But they no. Eat, so they have they to got eat full them. bellies. Yeah. 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 Those trees are hungry. Steve, great stuff. Great event out here. We appreciate you taking some time Absolutely, guys. Thank you very much. That was Steve Carson, the director of golf at Lincoln Park, Joining us here on the 73rd hole, the official podcast of Golf Oklahoma. Thrilled to be out here at Lincoln Park today for this event, hosted by the First Tee and hosted here at Lincoln Park, which is a great, great municipal golf course here in the Oklahoma City area. Uh, And want to remind everybody to get out to Diffie Ford Lincoln. Diffie Ford Lincoln, just 15 minutes west of the Oklahoma City Metro. They've been selling cars and trucks to Oklahomans for 67 years to last that long. In the auto business, you have to treat people like family, and that is exactly what the Diffie team prides itself on. The Diffie team carries one of the best selections of pre-owned vehicles in the state. So if you hate the typical car dealer hassle and are looking for a different experience on your next vehicle purchase, give the Diffies a call and feel free to ask for Lane Diffie. That's right. You can deal directly with the owner. Diffie Ford Lincoln, just 15 minutes west of the metro on I-40 in El Reno. Before we call it a day, we did have the Corn Ferry this past weekend. We've got several names that we're keeping an eye on in the Corn Ferry standings as these uh, young men all try to make their way to the PGA Tour. So Taylor, let us know who had good weeks this week on the Corn Ferry. Yeah, we really had some great play from the local guys on the Corn Ferry Tour. It was the uh, the Simmons Bank Open for the Snedeker Foundation. No, no, if that has to do with the Brent Snedeker Foundation, we'll just assume that it does. So um, <laughs> we'll uh, we'll read off uh, some of the local guys here. Um, Austin Smotherman, not local guy, um, as far as I know, finished minus 16, won the tournament by three strokes. Peter Uline, OSU boy, U.S. Amateur champion, finished T7. Taylor Moore, friend of the show, finished T9. He is, at, guys, he has jumped up to number 27 
in the points so far. Hey. So, I mean, he is right on the line where he needs to be. He's, and, and, he's, and he's 27. Tr- Uline's 24. So they're both teetering right on the edge. And then Austin Smotherman, you mentioned just, just one, just to show you how big a win is on the Corn Ferry. He moved from 55 to 20. With his win this week, huge, huge, huge for Austin Smotherman. Who else we got? And I want to give a shout-out. Last week, uh, my buddy Davis Riley actually secured his tour card. Oh, man, fantastic. Huge congrats to him. That's what it's all about. He's third right now behind only Steven Yeager and Will (laughs) Zalatoris. I think it's hilarious that Will Zalatoris is still – on this list. And he missed the cut of Quill Hollow. Let's throw him off the Corn Ferry Tour. He, he's demeaned to McKenzie Tour status. What should McGavin say? Oh Kick him off the tour, Doug. I, we didn't even bring up our one and dones, but my one and done pick, out, out of all those great picks that I had, I had Rory, I had Phil in the first round who threw up all over himself. 75, 76, 76. Hitting bombs. <laughs> he was not hitting bombs or greens. And no. And so out of all those picks, my one and done pick was Max Homan. Well he was, done, he sent. He got sent <laughs> home early. So, I mean, unbelievable. They should send him home after nine he, holes. He got to spend a nice weekend in Scottsdale, Arizona. Hey, did, but remember, the bet, one of the best bets was Max Homa versus Will Zalatoris. And we were like, oh man, that's going to be such a great matchup this week. That was it, a matter for DFL. It was. They yeah. were within a couple shots of each other. Yeah, they were. <laughs> on Friday afternoon. And they both got a cut by their name. So who else um, we got, um, for, So we already mentioned you Taylor Moore, uh, Josh Krill, good friend, uh, T16. Max McGreevy moved, has moved up to 13th now with a T19 this last week. Uh, Tyron Van Aswegen from OCU probably practiced out here at Lincoln more than more than any of us. He finished 25th this week, so a little bit of play. And then uh, OU boy Charlie Saxon made the cut, finished 47th. So um, he's been he's been playing a little bit better himself too. So so yeah, I mean, and you know we put we talked so much about the PJ Tour. You got uh, guys, you know Quaid, Austin, all these guys coming up, Reband and. You know what we're talking about here is what these guys are striving for, and I mean we got McGreevy who's 13th. I'm not. I mean I don't certain sure that automatically assures that he has a card. It's so far along the season, it'd be a shock if he didn't. But you got Uline and and Taylor Moore who both tremendous players. Obviously Uline's been out there for a while, and he he's only played 10 events on the year. Taylor Moore he's for comparison played 27. Um, Dylan Wu who's between them has played 31. So that has a lot to do with it here. Um, but yeah, I, I just really want to see these guys get up there and crack that leaderboard because. And like we said before, the top 25 up to regular season ends, they're automatically in. And then you'll have the playoffs, which will then give essentially another 25 spots. Right. And I don't think people understand that it's way harder to get on the PGA Tour than actually keep your PGA Tour card. So, like, this is going to be the most stressful time for these guys because the – Getting your tour card is so much harder. Like going through the mini tours to the corn ferry to the whatever they have to do to, just to make money Mondays and everything. And once you have that tour card and have a little bit of status, you're probably going to make enough cuts to at least keep status somewhere. But like you said with the PGA Tour U, that's why PGA Tour U is such a big deal uh, because it gives you that status on the Corn Ferry Tour. Well, it just gives such a quicker avenue to vault yourself from being a great collegiate player to being on the PGA Tour because, I mean, before, unless you were Hovland, Wolf, Morikawa, one of those guys, most players went the Taylor Gooch route, played many tours, played the McKenzie Tour for a couple Peter years. Peter Uline went did, to Europe. Did some Q School stuff. Uline went to the Challenge Tour. Kepka went to the Challenge Tour. Now, PGA Tour U gives a very clear path to get through there. So, obviously, there will be some big golf coming up on the college circuit next week. Uh, we'll be out at, at Carson Creek for the final day of the regionals up there next week. So, just a lot of good stuff happening in the game of golf. And uh, I'm excited, man. We've got some good stuff coming up. And we're about to go tee it up at Lincoln in this scramble this afternoon. So, I've never played with Col- we'll make a couple birdies. I've never played with Colby before. What, what, what do I expect fun. today? You're going to yeah. be so impressed with how short I hit it off the tee and how many putts I make. I love it. 
I'm going to make everything. So so basically, we're going to send you off putt first, and then we'll just sit in the cart and See, have fun? Shoot, I no, think I'm going to putt fourth. I'm going to watch all y'all's lines as y'all miss, and I'm going to pour it right in the heart like a hero. I think, this, a, could be a, I think <laughs> this could be a nice little team here. See, I, I got I got the off the tee covered. T-Dub can handle it into the greens. Colby will make the putts, and Ken will just be there, you know, hanging out. <laughs> <laughs> no, Ken, Ken's going to be throwing Ken in darts. Sneaky. Dude, you know Ken's a bomber. Ken's oh, going to be Ken. throwing darts, I promise. <laughs> Ken, Ken might be a little sneaky. He, he He's an athlete. He played college basketball. Here's my problem. I have no concept of Ken's age. He could be 40 or 70, and it wouldn't surprise me either way. <laughs> I, just, I have no concept of how old he is, so I don't know where he gets to tee off from. <laughs> I don't know. Tee it we, forward. Hashtag yeah. tee it forward. Hashtag dial it back. Yeah. You got to do both. with all sets. <laughs> Uh, no, what is our scramble strategy? We just started talking scramble strategy on the air. My scramble strategy? Yeah. It, dude, I'm going to be trying to bumps? swing as hard as possible. So, so, I can't, so I can't Sam do just, that. I'll injure myself. I've only played one round this year. That's I haven't terrible. played any so, golf. So if Sam's hitting bombs and Kobe's making putts, what am I here for? You're throwing darts. Strokes gained approach. I, I had that at the open qualifier where I shot eight over or whatever it was. This is what we ought to do. After the round, we ought to go interview every team and then calculate our strokes gained in every category <laughs> to see where we stand. <laughs> That sounds like it'd be so worth the time and effort. <laughs> so much work for such little payoff but in this four-man scramble. Two two full courses of teams. That's so many people. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be that absolutely is so awesome. many people. And yeah. then, we'll, then we'll have to compare how if we played the West, how do we do versus the East and right. vice versa? We don't know whether we're playing the East or West yet. We don't yet. No, yeah, this, I have no this, idea. This is a coin flip. I have no idea. What's y'all's preferred course? The, whatever course my dad's on so I can – Talk a little trash to him after. Nice, yeah. nice, Tyler. I wonder if we're if we're playing. Are we going to be playing foursomes or eightsomes? I've assumed foursomes. Probably foursomes. There's a lot of people here, though. This is a big tournament. There and are a lot of people. Yeah. I mean, probably people foursomes. I bet we'll be playing foursomes. I bet say we need to sign up, play eightsomes, and have your dad's group be with us, Sam. That's what we need. Yeah, I, I like that. This is the first tee tournament too, because a lot of these scrambles just for like companies and everything. You got pencil whippers out there. Oh, I yeah. don't oh, think anyone's gonna pencil whip the first tee. Someone tournament. gonna come in with a forty-six. You know? <laughs> oh my gosh. I, there's no mulligans, no rope or anything like this. This is just straight golf. It's a four-man scramble. Yeah, Someone's no gonna mulligans, shoot dirty. No nothing. No. Okay, I like that. I actually like that way better than all the little gimmicky Wait, stuff. Well, you you know, like it because we're on a good team. Well, no, I like it because I mean the mulligans. Mulligans and the string well, and stuff. That's just well, you, you know what happens goofy. in scrambles with mulligans <laughs> is that people will hit their mulligan and be like, "Oh, well, I didn't use it, so it didn't count." Oh, you no, know, on like a ten footer. Yeah, yeah. Like, oh, just, oh, I didn't make it, so I get to keep it. Somebody will just drop it down and be like, oh, "I'm wanting to hit this again," and they'll hit it again and make it and be like, "Oh, that's my mulligan. That counts. That's my you mulligan. Just keep I'm gonna use it until you make it. Yeah, so. I'm yeah. gonna use it." So uh, anyway, good good stuff today. Huge shout out to Debbie Martin, to Steve Carson, to all the kids from the first tee for joining us today and introducing themselves. Uh, I know some of them were a little nervous to talk on the mic. Hands were shaking <laughs> a little bit, but great kids. Every last one of them. First tee, OKC.com. Make sure to get on there, do your donations, volunteer, all that stuff. Um, as great as this organization is, how much is grown? Need all the help they can get because, yeah. and we're seeing the uh, firsthand what the product is. Because that's how they form. continue to grow. I mean, if, if you need any more proof, just go back and listen about 30 minutes ago or however long it was to listen to the kids, how long they've been in this program and how it's influencing their lives, and that's all you need to know. Yeah, I mean, the young man who's at UCO now, he's been in the program, I think he said, for 11 years, and now he's in the PGA management program at UCO. It's just phenomenal, phenomenal stories uh, and great stuff that the first he does. So thanks, everybody, for listening. Uh, we're going to be in Tulsa tomorrow. We'll let you know how we did in our scramble today, and make sure if you're we following. Did good. If we did well. If we don't, we won't mention it at all. Yeah. Uh, so... <laughs> 
make sure that you are on social media. You're following the 73rd hole on Twitter and on Instagram. We're going to have so much content coming at you tomorrow <laughs> from Forest Ridge. It is going to be ridiculous. It's going to make your head spin. So our phones might get a little wet whenever it starts raining. We have power banks, so we're not going to be running out of battery. I got two power banks. Oh, Sam's got two of them. You were the only one to have a phone die at Prairie Dunes. I'll say that. I have one power bank. It's currently misplaced. It will be found by by tomorrow morning. Actually, it needs to be found by tonight so I can charge it so yeah. that I can actually use it tomorrow. That's what, yeah, you always have the, the portable phone charger until it dies and then you never charge it. And then yes. you're like, well, it's pointless. Can 100%. you use a portable charger to charge another portable charger? I don't see why not. <laughs> totally. I don't know. That's a great, that's a great, way, to, great seems, way to end the show. Seems like a waste of power. Uh, Hashtag and, and how it, high. And it definitely seems... <laughs> Definitely seems like a great way to end the show. We're back tomorrow. Thanks, everybody, for listening to the 73rd Hole, the official podcast of Golf Oklahoma.